We the GamerCast is powered by the You, Me, and Capri Patreon. We want to say thank you to some people, starting with our Diamond Executive Producers, Slimer Snarf, Lee Navarro, and Jonathan Brown. Also to our Platinum Producer, Robbie Bobby Miller. And then to our Gold Level Patrons, like James Johnson, Gene K, Trucker Sloth, Ryan Turford, Egg Shen, and Sony for Life. Thank you everyone for all of your support. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and freaking Google Play every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing and rating us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell it's called. Guys, holy crap. I got a little tripped up there because I'm realizing how late at night it is when I do the scream and both kids are sleeping. And if uh, uh, Chelsea is, she's on the other side. My wife is just on the other side of this door, but she's working. And I have a feeling that she's got like the headphones on. She's watching some sort of Netflix special or some something. She she gets to, uh, she she has a TV show. On the, instead of listening to podcasts, like, is it, which is what I would do if I was sitting on a computer editing photos and everything else, I would definitely be catching up on all my podcasts. But she's probably watching some Tiger King show or something on Netflix. So hopefully, I can get away with screaming like that at 10.30 at night as we as we get this off on a Thursday night before the patrons freaking get it on Fridays. And thank you to everybody at patreon.com for uh, supporting us there. I appreciate every single one of you, especially the new patrons. Goodness gracious, what is happening? Every single week there's somebody new. Who will be next? Who We're, we're two away from 50. So if you guys have been thinking about it, now's a, a, a really good time. We could be number 49 and 50. We'll celebrate both of you as if you're the milestone 50, just like Gene K and Argo. Congratulations. You're like the 50th person. If it wasn't for you guys, we would never get to a 50th patron any day now. It's going to happen. I know it. Bobby and I, we truly appreciate your guys' support, but I am way, way ahead of myself. If you're new, here's the deal. Every week, I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. We talk about life and video games, and if you want to be on the show, it's pretty easy. Please tweet at me, at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants, and a few of you have. And look at this. And just like that, we are, we're into the summer, man. We're, uh, it's July almost. Well, it's technically June today as I record this, but it's practically July. I actually have next week off of work. We're closing the doors. Uh, the boss said, it's been a hell of a year. Uh, everybody go away, <laughs> which is holy crap. It is, uh, good timing. Well, I think well deserved by everybody. And just, I didn't realize how much I needed that news, uh, until the email actually came out and said, Hey, this week, uh, we're closing the doors and everybody's going home. And I just like, I almost broke down. Like that was, it was overwhelming to hear. Um, things for me have been going pretty, pretty good, man. Uh, kids are great. They're laughing. They're smiling. They, they, uh, my, my son loves to tell me what temperature it is. He's completely obsessed with time and temperature and whatever the first letter of a word is. That's where we're at. And, uh, Ellie, Ellie is learning to scream like ACDC and, or like a little bit of Lincoln park as well. Like she's learning that and she yells daddy like that. She's like, like right up there. I'm not going to do it to you. Also, I've already yelled the, Hey, at the start, but I hope you guys are doing well. I am really energized and jazzed for where the show is going. What's happening with it? I'm having tremendous conversations like last week with Ed Placencia from Married to the Games, a true friend. And as it turns out, we had this con- that conversation a number of weeks ago. It aired just last week. And I won't get into too much of it, but um, 
Ed suffered and his family suffered a tremendous loss uh, just over the last couple of days. So I just wanted to extend uh, my deepest sympathies and all my love and support and thoughts. Ed, I'm so sorry, ma'am. Uh, I know you're probably got so many things on the go, but I want our, our whole community to wrap our arms around you at Ed Placentia. I know a lot of you guys have reached out uh, with kind thoughts and, and um, words about the show. And I always love talking to Ed. And I wish I could just go give him a hug right now. So, Ed, I'm thinking about you, man. Hope you're doing okay. Hope you're strong. We're all, we're all with you, man. Um, there's, there's, unfortunately, there's not really a way to transition out of that other than to say that I'm excited for you guys to listen to, uh, today's episode. Finally, we have, uh, Rebecca from the Nintendo Shack on. Holy crap. For a number of reasons, I say finally. Finally, it's, uh, her name is Rebecca. Finally, we have, um, goodness gracious, we've had a, a I don't know, some sort of probably a year of just dudes on the show. So if you guys have any, any other voices that you would like to have on the show, please hit me up and tag me and, uh, at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants, and we'll, we'll get them on. Everybody who's been uh, asking to be on the show, you're all lined up. We're all ready to go. Uh, but before we get into my chat with Rebecca, I want to let you guys know that I had the extreme honor and privilege to be welcomed onto the OK Beast podcast, uh, with Alex Van Aken and Brandon Wilson. Um, and I actually chatted with Ian Preschel, uh, earlier this week. That's what, that's the episode you guys are going to hear next week. So it's been an okay beast kind of week for me. I got to talk about The Last of Us 2 on, uh, we recorded on Sunday and I was just a few hours away from actually beating the game on Sunday because I did it. I spent Father's Day completing The Last of Us 2 because if you remember from last week, I told you that, um, I was going to take the Friday off and I did. I did. I took the entire day off. I slept in. I went downstairs. I dedicated, I think I put 11 hours in my first go into The Last of Us. And I, I went on to OK Beast and we had a, we had a good chat with it. I was <laughs> a little further ahead than everybody else on the show. Cause like, who the hell does that? But that's how I needed to do it, man. I was really excited and I feel like I just cannot stop thinking about this. By the way, thank you to everybody for submitting and sending and recommending all the content, all the spoiler cast content, I can't get enough of it. Um, the PSVG guys, they did a great spoiler cast of it. Donnie and I have been chatting for pretty much my entire playthrough. Like I knew he was the only one at that point in time had had played further than I did. He had actually beaten the game by the time that I had I had played it, and I definitely needed that. I needed to be talking to somebody while I while I played through the game. I can't stop thinking about it. I don't know where I land on it. All I know is that I keep thinking about it, but. I look through, it's almost like I had like notes as, as, as I was messaging Donnie the, throughout the whole playthrough. Like, and I, and they go back and I'm like, the notes are frustrated. The notes are me being like, come on, like, let's move it along. Let's, let's find out what happens. And I don't want to spoil anything at all. Uh, but I can't wait for you guys to play it. If you guys, I can be that person for you as well. Donnie Reese and I, we've beaten the game. So if you need somebody to talk to without fear of like worrying about where we're at, you can speak about any single thing that you like to in the DMs, of course. Don't, don't go like tagging me with a public facing spoiler or anything like that. That is absolutely not what I'm talking about. Uh, so there's that. I hope you guys are enjoying the game. I hope you're taking it in in the best way that's best for you. I don't know if playing 11 hours straight was the best for me, but it was definitely the best way for me to actually get through it. Uh, because 
one of the reasons I say that is I actually just went to EB Games earlier today. We went for a bit of a drive with the family, took care of a couple things. We dropped off a birthday present for my niece who turned six. What the crap? I remember like it was yesterday going over the hospital when she was born. Um, but I got a little email from the local EB Games that said Final Fantasy VII Remake has a $50 trade-in value. So yes, I traded in Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, even though I haven't put much more than, I don't even know if I put more than two hours into that thing. And I loved it. I thought it was great, but I just have so many other games. For example, Minecraft. Apparently, we're all playing Minecraft in the Yumi Capri Discord. And we're, we, maybe we're moving from... Uh, we can't be moving on from Animal Crossing. That will always stay. But but Minecraft, I am interested in. I am definitely intrigued. And there's a huge amount of stuff going on. There's Bobby the Nintendo Guru. He started a realm tons of stuff are happening i'm seeing all the screenshots i am i'm in you guys i'm gonna get ribo to teach me how to play i was gonna tonight's thursday as i record this i was gonna jump on stream but honestly i just kind of got the wind kicked out of my gut uh as about eight o'clock put the kids to bed I, I knew i needed to do a little bit of a little bit of yoga i'm now four days straight into doing a little bit of stretching and yoga and it's like every time i go into it i think like well i'm just gonna kind of touch my toes and that'll be it and by the end of it i'm pretty energized man i'm feeling good four days in a row uh so anyways going all the way back to the last of us play it however is best for you i was able to get through the entire thing unlike final fantasy 7 which i've traded in uh i got pretty much all my money back actually because i got such a good deal when i i pre-ordered it back in 2015 and i got a great pre-order deal that uh that that they honored <laughs> six five or six years later however long it's been so uh, I, I traded that in. I don't normally trade in games, honestly, too often, but I wasn't playing it and it just kind of has helped my, th that backlog stress. Sorry, Grouchy Surge, but it definitely, uh, and I do the same with my digital games too. If I can delete games from my digital kind of like space, the dashboard, I, I get a clear mind. I get a clear dashboard. I get a clear mind. I know that a lot of you guys want to have like four terabytes internally and four terabytes externally. I'm also kind of gearing up for next gen where I think it's actually going to be very difficult to have a huge amount of, of games with these, these, um, SSD or the, uh, NVMe. Is that, is that right? Garrett Bland is it NVMe, uh, M.2, all the, the, the gigabits and the whatnots in the, in the next gen console that we're all going to have to fake it like we know it. You know what I'm saying? Holy crap. Uh, last thing, somebody can check this, but I'm pretty sure that this is the 200th episode and I couldn't be more proud of the show and everybody who's been a part of it and everybody who's listened, everybody who's encouraged me to continue to go, to bring it back through the Patreon. You guys keep me going and I'm just, it's incredible. This is the entire goal at the start was, I mean, there's a number of goals, but definitely one that, that started me out was like, what if at the end of it all, I could look back and have a giant collection of awesome conversations. And you know what? I'm not even at the end of it. We're going to keep on going. But I do want to take this quick moment to look at 200 freaking conversations with some of the best people I've ever come to know on the internet. And it's you guys. It's not like there are some great conversations with some like big wigs and whatever. Like those are those are cool to, to land some some big guests. But the real pride comes from it's it's people like just like me, just like you, just like the people listening. Um, and that's what makes this show and what it's what makes it special. And I'm so happy with it. 200 episodes. Let's go. Let's talk to Rekka from the Nintendo Shack. The and I'm on a Nintendo show. The Nintendo Shack is and has been for a long time the best Nintendo podcast that you're not listening to. I know some of you already are, but if you man, even if you don't even like Nintendo. How can you, how can you like Nintendo at some point? I guarantee it. 
Except for maybe Jace. Jace is. I say something like that, and Jace jumps all over me for it. So I don't even know where you stand on this, Jace. Even though we've probably talked about it. But anyway, Rebecca from the Nintendo Shack. You can follow her on Twitter at Forest Minish. Let's jump into it with Rebecca. Is he a gamer too? Though? Oh, he's not. You said he's not into he, gaming. He no, he is a gamer, just yeah. not a Nintendo gamer. He has always oh. been a PlayStation person. I have always been a Nintendo person. Yeah. How the heck do you guys even coexist? Well, I don't think you're allowed to like each other. We, I mean, we try to introduce each other to the games that we like. Yeah. Which is great. I um, got him into Animal Crossing. Did you for <laughs> a couple weeks? Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't touched it in a while, mm-hmm. but he was playing it for a while. Yeah. Um, I dabble with some of the games he likes. Like what? Um, I okay, so it's games that I actually want to play that he likes and owns. Um, mm-hmm. I have gotten probably halfway through The Last of Us and just haven't finished it. Oh, I man. know I need to. I know yeah. everyone listening to this is gonna yell at me. Um, yeah, you're kind of running out of time. Are you wanting I to finish know. it before the next one comes out? I I wish I would have i don't think it's gonna happen at this yeah. point just because i don't think i have enough time can you say like where you are in it you say like halfway through i can't remember like like do you remember I, the season i'm thinking it's halfway through have so you hit winter I, is it snowing i got to the part um where they are at the university where they're going through the university campus oh, yeah. okay okay mm-hmm. yeah you're always in for sure Mm-hmm. Man, I haven't played that game in forever, and I just um, this will come out after it's all out, and I'm going in completely blind. Like I don't want—I don't know if you, like were you? Did you know much about Last of Us? Like, I somehow I still don't have the ending spoiled for me. Good for you. <laughs> somehow, like I don't know how that happened. Most people have the next one spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even out. Okay, there. I d- I did see some spoilers by mistake for the second one. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, like 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 a lot. Like bad spoilers but that's okay that is that's okay. like how does that make you feel though i don't like, know that's... the second one was spoiled for me but not the first one it's kind of weird that is weird i mean like <laughs> sort of in a way my i mean i don't even i kind of want to explore it but i don't because i don't no, want you to like accidentally because like i don't yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay so generally spoilers though like is that something that just like t- rips your heart out or like are you kind of okay with it um i don't know i mean like i don't <laughs> like I take it with like a grain of salt. Like I'm sure that what I read is true, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't I didn't read into it. Like as soon as I saw, I like averted my eyes. I'm like, okay, well I don't know too much. Let me just like erase <laughs> that from my brain yeah. and um, like I I'm gonna finish the last of us one first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll a... probably be so long by the time I play the last of us two that like yeah. I mean, I won't forget, but maybe, maybe I'll forget. <laughs> How are you sort of like mixing it in with everything else that you're playing? Like, do you have like certain, like, do you feel like certain obligations to play stuff for either for oh Infinite or for the Shack? I am the worst kind of gamer because I play a million things at once and like, mm-hmm. I'm a slow gamer. It will yeah. take me months or longer to complete a game, especially if it's a long game. Um, yeah. Just because I'm, I'm a slow gamer, like... I think the problem is that I play too many games at once, and if I stuck to one or two games, I wouldn't have this problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but would you ever like, want to do that? Like, why don't you just do that? Then? <laughs> <laughs> because there's too many games to play, and I just, yeah, fair. I don't know. I like to mix it up. Like, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. And then when I do play, it's like, okay, I have to explore every little corner of every little room, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, I don't know, it just takes me a long time to get through games. 
I love that you know that about yourself. You're just like, you know what? I'm just a slow, like, you don't even apologize about it. It's just like, you know what? This is just, this is the way that I play, I play games. And like, we're all, we have so many games around us. Like, I'm even just sort of like spying in the background. You got your, all your classic consoles, your Super Nintendo, oh, yeah. 64, GameCubes, all right there. Like, I you, keep everything. Are those your like original from like when you yeah, had them as a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid. Absolutely. No I have never sold a console. I can count on one hand the number of games I've sold. Really? I keep it. What about going from like one generation to the next as a kid? Like, were you just like, were you like mowing lawns or like begging your parents for the next one or what? I mean, I didn't like always get a ton of games when I was growing up, but right. like for my birthdays and Christmas and stuff, they would get me what I wanted. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then when I got a little bit older, you know, and I had my own money, I, you know, buy my own games and just. Do you remember like the first one you ever bought, like with your own cash? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so I was, I was like, I was a teenager by the time the Wii came out, so yeah. it was probably something like Mario Kart Wii or something like mm -hmm. that. I still got the Wii as like a gift um, yeah. from my dad for Christmas. I can remember getting that in Twilight Princess, nice. but then it was probably somewhere in that era that I um, like started. You know, you ever, my own. did you ever have like Nintendo Power or anything like that? Like I always, I'm I didn't. Curious. No, yeah. I so, wish I, I wish I had. How did you know like what you wanted? I'm always so curious about like diving back. And now it's like you can just get like you can go on the internet or wherever. Like it's always really easy to find out like what's coming next. But like back in the day. Like, there wasn't even, like, actual release dates. You know what I mean? Like, there was, like, Sonic Tuesday was, like, this big deal because they were going to release the game, like, all on the same day. And it's, like, that was a big deal. Like, before that, it was, maybe it'll show up this summer sometime. Like, call your Toys R Us and maybe it'll be there. But, like, how did you, like, as a kid, like, stay up to date with, like, what you wanted to, like, ask for for Christmas? So I, it always revolved around Zelda and Pokemon for me. Right. And that was always what drove to get the next console, to get the next handheld, mm -hmm. because that's where it all started for me. Okay. Um, for Zelda, I got my hand-me-down Super Nintendo from my cousin <laughs> with a small handful of games, one of yeah. them being A Link to the Past. Um, I was so young that I couldn't really play it by myself. Mm -hmm. um, I would watch my dad play it. Yeah. Um, he would read the dialogue aloud to me, and eventually I started picking it up on my own. Mm -hmm. um, I would start, you know, learning to read a little bit from it. And so our shared love of Zelda games drove all of those consoles to get Zelda games. Nice. Um, the way that I got into Pokemon was actually through the anime. I saw the TV show, mm -hmm. got hooked there, and then begged mom for a Game Boy Color yeah. and a copy of Pokemon Blue. Um, and so every new console I would get, I would get it for those games and then what other any other games that I got that just kind of fell into the mix mm -hmm. came from there. And that's probably why I never really got into Mario is somehow a huge gap in my gaming knowledge. That is crazy. I've heard you talk about this on Shaq that it, and I don't mean to like like really point no, it out, I'm but it is the biggest like, Nintendo fan who doesn't yeah. like Mario. That's crazy. Like and you just can't <laughs> is it too late for you? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I like Mario. I shouldn't say I don't like it. I The only ones that I've ever beat are Super Mario World and mm -hmm. Mario Odyssey. Um, mm -hmm. And I like them. I just, it doesn't, I don't know. I think because I didn't grow up with it, maybe it doesn't capture me the same way as Zelda does. I don't know. Right. And you're su it's such an interesting case because it's like, who can actually like speak to that? Like everybody grew up with Mario. So how do you even like look at it? And as if looking at a game objectively is even a thing, but like, how could you look at it without like your past attached to it? And like, nobody can do that. Everybody has a Mario memory at some point. Like I didn't even own a console, but like played the crap out of NES and Super Nintendo Mario games. Like just all I can, next all I had was Super Mario World. That, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, that's kind of enough. Like, that's kind of like one of the best ones. <laughs> True. I mean, if if uh, A Link to the Past is like one of your first games, like, are you kind of done? Like, do you ever feel like I get I get this way sometimes? Like, and as we come up with like new generation of consoles coming up, I'm like, like I think I'm, are I done? Like, have do I need more? There's there's plenty, but like you're kind of always playing something new. Is it always like? Or something different. Is it always something that's new or just you're going all over the place in all directions on all consoles? Like, are you like driven by, I'm like... playing nowadays? Yeah, like, you said you're kind of playing, like, a whole bunch of things all the time. And is it, like, a mix of... Are you being driven of, like, the brand new game that's coming out? Or, I mean, you're playing The Last of Us as well. Like, how do you even decide... Because you can go in all directions, time and consoles and everything. Like, let's dive into. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. with you on this. <laughs> it's it's always a mix. Like, I feel like I'm always playing something that just recently came out. Mm-hmm. I'm always playing something that has been on my backlog forever. Maybe it's something that I've owned for years and just haven't opened. I yeah. have a hat in time sitting on my shelf unopened right now. You have a what? Um, the game A Hat in Time. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's it's a really cute indie game, which is a platformer kind of like Mario, actually. Oh, I really thought you had like a, t- like a hat just sitting back there somewhere. <laughs> I do not have a hat. Yeah. I have hats, not a hat in time. Um, I don't know. I also try to go after games that are recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of my friends know what kind of games I like. Um, so I'll pick up something if if they think that I like something in particular um, or if there's maybe like a particular indie that, yeah. you know, I have my eye on. Um, so I try to keep it like a good mix yeah. um, of different stuff at different times. What's like your completion rate? Like, do you ever like I get really excited when I like roll credits. It's like, oh, this hasn't happened in like three years. Like that almost never happens. It's it's slow and it kind of yeah. depends um, on, you know, at, at any given point in the year um, mm-hmm. for a long while, I worked two to three jobs. It was very hard for me to complete games. Yeah. Um, and I work in education. So up in the summer times, I have a little bit more free time. So mm-hmm. it, depending on any given time, I might only be actually completing, you know, maybe a dozen games a year. Yeah. Um, you know, or so, and I wish I wish I could say that I can complete more games a year, um, mm-hmm. but it's hard. I've been trying to play shorter games to try to complete more. I remember there was a couple of years ago I was talking to somebody here on We the Gamer Cast, and I remember th- asking them, and they were dad, and they they had been kind of into the shorter games, and they were really looking for like the shorter game, and to the point where they like they would actually enjoy the game more if it was like four or five hours. And I remember like this was before I had Lincoln and, and Ellie, and like. That, that concept was so foreign to me. Like, how could you ever, you know, think that, like, Firewatch is a better game than something like The Last of Us, right? And it's like, I kind of get it now. Like, I kind of get, like, you could have, like, like Xenoblade is a game that I'm on right now. And I'll probably be playing. This is how this is how ridiculous I get, Rebecca. Like, I look at him like, okay, I probably get, like, two, maybe three hours a night. And maybe that's a couple times per week and so that's what maybe like 13 15 hours per week it's like a hundred hour game i'm like i'm playing this game until september like i can actually like look at this freaking game and so it's like this could be the best game in the world but i'm not going to experience it so should i have bought this freaking game like i'm enjoying it and i'm probably You're still enjoying enjoy it my time with it yeah i guess i'm gonna answer mm-hmm. one question here yeah I, I mean i know i get what you mean like it's it's so enjoyable to have a game that that's 
that's going to take you that long that you're going to be playing for that huge amount of time. But then you're right. On the other hand, it's like, how long will it take for you to see those roll credits? Mm -hmm. Um, I find myself, I think as I'm getting older, welcoming games that are a little bit shorter and seeking them out a little bit more. Some of my favorite games are under 10 hours and they don't overstay their welcome. And I, I, it feels satisfying that like I completed, you know, this game in just a short amount of time. So, like, what ended up driving you to... Because I definitely had, like, a very particular reason to go write about video games. And it was a lot of this, like, indecision, like this, I don't know what to play, and I'll be... I get distracted very easily, but I I was very um, sort of taken by the notion of having a deadline and an assignment. Go and play that game, and when you're done that game, you're going to write about it. So at least you can, like, remember what the heck you played. I'm always curious, like... Um, because you write for Twinfinite as well as doing the sh- doing Shack, I do. So tell me a little bit about like what drove you into writing, and then I want to dive into like how that all happened. Oh, I mean, I've I've always been a writer my whole life. I I've just loved writing, and I only just recently started with Twinfinite. Um, yeah. You know, in I guess it was October, so I haven't really been with them for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's such a dream to be able to write about games because that's what I love. Yeah. Um, you were talking a little bit about like worrying about deadlines and things like that. I don't really do a whole lot of reviews. Um, I you know mostly cover news and um, write some features, um, you know, fun kind of articles and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's fun. It's um, you know, more of like a hobby type thing. So then do you must have like, like a, I must like, like, I feel like you and Garrett are like a perfect match for Donnie on, on chat. <laughs> Cause you guys, you guys all have like this encyclopedic knowledge, but in like three different kind of pillars of video gaming. Cause like I, and I definitely don't have that. Like my, my brain is like Swiss cheese. Like there's holes <laughs> everywhere. It's just, a, it's just a disaster. And so that basically like my, my goldfish memory allows me to like review a game and hopefully I ha- I can write it in time before like my memories wipe clean, like memento. Um, but I feel like features are quite a bit tougher because you kind of have to be digging from your own personal experience or personal knowledge about the topic that you're having or, or that you're discussing. Um, I don't know. Is that kind of like where you, how you tackle a lot of the features is from your own. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say so. And it kind of depends. I mean, if it's a game that I played recently, I obviously have a lot more that I can say about it. Um, if it's about a game that I played forever ago, that's what the internet is for. You mm-hmm. know, watch a video recap of what that part was or, right. you know, dive into what that character's backstory was if you need a little bit of a reminder. And then it starts coming back to me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote one this weekend on, um, like, obscure Zelda side characters that you probably yeah. don't remember. And um, that was just published today. And for that one, you know, some of the older games that I've played maybe 10, 15 years ago, I... It's like, oh wow, like I, you know, kind of forgot about that character. Let mm-hmm. me let me go back and watch a couple of clips from that game and remember who they are. Who are some of the ones that sort of like who are okay, so I like Groot from Skyward Sword is just though I don't know why he he's probably not one that anybody actually forgets. He's like to me, I just cannot stand this character. <laughs> you but, and me both. Everyone loves him. I don't like Groot. Who? That much. No, I, there's not that's not a thing. Is that a thing that I'm like completely missing out on? I, I don't thought know. everybody hated Everyone, him. Everybody loves him, I think. Oh, he's just terrible. I don't he's know. just I don't, terrible. I don't really like him that much. What is what is Best Zelda? What best is the Zelda? Best Zelda game? Yeah. That depends on when you ask me what kind of mood I'm <laughs> nice. in. Like nice. I like that child. answer. Mm-hmm. I, I even struggle to come up with a top five sometimes. Yeah. Um, Do you really? I think A Link to the Past will always have, you know, a special place in my heart because it was my first game. Yeah. Um that's kind of like a Mario thing too. Like, how do you like imagine like taking that out and then 
you know, re- reconfiguring your your top five, like taking out a link to the past. How did my brother actually just messaged me the other day? He's like, I, I'm just going to take a break from Xbox. I'm thinking a Zelda game. Like, what should I play? And I'm like, how have you how are you not going directly to link to the past? Like, that's got to be the first one that anybody goes. It's also easy to get your hands on. And he's I think he's actually got it on his Wii U. I think he went to his Wii U and like got on the eShop and everything for like oh, bucks or something. So it's perfect. It's like that game. That game is actually timeless. Not like that totally overrated ocarina of time <laughs> oh no don't say that that's one of my favorites as well i For know recommending people zelda games i i always like to see what other kind of games they like because my recommendation for somebody's first zelda game will always be different depending on what mm. other kind of games that they like because if i was trying to recommend a zelda game to somebody who has only ever played 3d games maybe they've never played a top down or like an older retro game i would never recommend a link to the past as their first really? ever game I want to introduce something to them that they're going to have a good, you know, familiar experience and sure. then they can start, you know, broadening to some of the other games. So is that basically the direction, though, is like, OK, so if you're in 3D, you get Ocarina. If you're into if you're not, then you get Link to the Past. Like, is there anything? Is there another flavor? If you like some... open worlds, maybe I would even recommend Breath of the Wild as a fair first. enough. Yeah, almost it's almost like that also exists within yeah. this, this pantheon. Mm-hmm. as different as that one is that, that's yeah. a tough one to to recommend as a zelda game because it doesn't feel as much of a zelda game as the others sure what on that note like what are some of the more like underappreciated ones in your, in your opinion of zelda games yeah um well i'm a little biased to say the minish cap in this situation i think mm-hmm. not enough people talk about the minish cap it's short <laughs> but it's so good have you played it i haven't i actually like is that on is that on ds um it, like, totally it originally like came it. out for game boy advance but i think it's actually on the wii u virtual console oh my gosh i'm like co- totally i don't even know what year this came out in i know it's like you're, to- you're totally like your handle and like obviously around the same time as wind waker so why do you so like sell me on it a little bit like what is i don't even know what it's about honestly it's so, a com- total blank for me really yeah it's okay. actually a little embarrassing yeah, so it's moment, underrated i wasn't sure if a minish cap was an underrated one so this is a perfect answer yeah under um, unknown honestly like, okay have you played twilight princess though yes so the companion in the minish cap Ezlo, he's a little hat who talks mm-hmm. he was turned into a hat by the the villain he did midna first and he did it better he's the exact same oh. character as midna, but he did it first Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't. <laughs> so are they like connected at all? Like the worlds are they? Not at all. Like they don't look the same at all. It's like Not the cartoonish. Yeah. So when I say the same character, he's like the same personality. Like he sure. gives Link a lot of sass. Um, he has a similar backstory where like he was transformed into a different, um, like his shape is a different form than what he, he was in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, just very sassy character. Yeah. You know, companion with you the whole time. What is it do you think about Zelda that just like captured like it they can just do kind of the same almost the same kind of story but just kind of like twist it up a little bit like what is it about the Zelda series that just like totally captivates people over like like three decades at this point? Yeah, I kind of like the familiarity of it to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I know what to expect. But each game kind of does do something a little bit different, whether, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're traveling through time or you're shrinking down into a little minish-sized link um, and having the big world around you. Yeah. Um, you know, the open world that was introduced in Breath of the Wild. Like, it, even though it's the same formula every time, mm-hmm. um, they're still finding ways to keep the series fresh. Yeah. 
What did your what was your like getting into Switch experience like? Like were you have you been Nintendo this whole time? Like never doubt it because never doubt it. Never, not even once, not never even like it was the only console times. I ever got growing up. The only other non Nintendo console I ever had growing up was a PlayStation Two. Yeah, so this is exactly why Donnie went after you, because I think he was looking for somebody like, you know, not like I'd be terrible for Shaq because like you guys are all like diehard, you know, exactly what you're talking about. Like I'm on Cup of Joe with Bobby and like he's like he's two Nintendo fans put into one. And I'm like also there basically. And but you're like you can't have somebody who's ever like doubted Nintendo in the past to go on Nintendo Shaq. You need somebody who's been with them like side by side, basically another guru. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I've questioned a lot of decisions Nintendo's made. I'm not, like, such a diehard that I can never say a bad thing about them. Fair, fair, yeah. (laughs) I I wasn't taking it that way. I have gotten every single console. Yeah. Like, day one? Like, were you with them, like, like Switch day one? As much as I could be. Yeah, so the Switch, yes. The Switch, yes. And then, how did... Like, how did Donnie find you? <laughs> like, he has these, like, I don't understand it. He has all these different ways of, like, like just, like, he found Caro, like, lined up actually at a, at a GameStop. And, like, he has all these strange story. ways of, like, meeting these people. And it's like, you've been such an amazing, perfect fit for The Shack, oh. which already was and still is, like, my the best Nintendo podcast on the internet. It, like, bar none. It's not even close. Like, well... No, Thank I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep rambling. It's going to be embarrassing for you. But um, like, it's hard because I listen to your guys' show and it's like top of the list. And then I'm like, okay, well, now I've got to record like Cup of Joe in a couple of days. Like, what are we going to like? How can we possibly top what the, these guys did on, on Nintendo Shack? Um, love the show. So, yeah. How did how did Donnie find you? And then, yeah, tell me about that whole like discovery story. Well- Thank you for saying that. Um, he didn't find me. I kind of found him. Okay. Um, because I was a Nintendo Shack fan since almost the beginning. Oh, um, way. Yeah. I I needed podcasts to listen to on my commutes to grad school. And mm-hmm. so I tried a couple of them. And Nintendo Shack was the only one that really stuck with me um, right. at the time. Um, it was the perfect length for my commute. And mm-hmm. so um, I would listen to it you know, religiously every single week um, on my commutes. And that was like the one that kind of got me more into other podcasts as well. Right. Um, but, um, and I, I guess to be honest, for a long time, that was probably, you know, the still the, the only podcast that I would really listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I became active in the Discord and I got to know, you know, all the people in the community a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some reason, Donnie asked me if I would be interested in joining <laughs> Like, Did you ever what? think like like because a lot of us kind of listen to podcasts like well, I've talked to a lot of people who end up getting into podcasts they listen to one they're like I gotta do that like I've got to jump in become part of a podcast is that something that like even entered your mind listening to Nintendo Shack or any any video game podcast back in the day? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> no. So like, but you're such a like. So was this the first time that you even like pod? Like the first time you were on Shack was that your first podcast? Yes, basically. I mean, I, I was a guest for um, you know a, a, another smaller podcast couple yeah. years ago but like not a consistent you know but i wouldn't have ever called myself a podcaster holy crap what a year it's been for you so when did what time did you guys start i can't remember when carol actually left and when this whole like trend, february marchish like time is like doesn't even make sense this year it so it's been it's been that long already though it's like but you guys you, you just got in there and you're just like like you've been there the entire time and like you and garrett i'm still convinced it's like you guys have known each other for like 15 years somewhere else I didn't know Garrett before the first show that we did together. I adore We might have talked Garrett. a couple times. 
yeah and just like and now now donnie even like trusts you guys with the keys like he can step away for a little bit and you can do your own shows like was that a little intimidating or were you guys like just super comfortable with just kind of taking over shack for a night um i mean i think i was more scared that something was gonna go wrong but nothing went wrong <laughs> are you no, naturally but, like a worrier though like do you worry a lot um it depends about what okay okay so no, what do you I worry mean, about I do. I do. I think, I mean, doesn't everybody feel a little bit worried or anxious before they do something they haven't done for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Big, I, so, I mean, I've done I, this 200 times. I, I still get a little yeah. bit like, what, what's, the, what's going to happen tonight? Like, I don't even know. Don't, I, <laughs> unless it's like, like somebody like Johnny Casino or maybe Ed Placente who I've, I've chatted with like a lot. Like I, that's kind of the fun to me is like, what the hell is even going to happen? And you never really know. And it's probably going to be fine is the best part about podcasting. If something really screws up, you can just blame it on like a, oh, I lost my recording. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Shame. So have you yeah. caught like the bug at all, though? Like, do you want to do more of this? Or is this sort of like, is it is it good being dedicated to, to Nintendo Shack? Um, I mean, I, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Like I yeah. said, this has been, you know, kind of my first real experience with it. I yeah. don't consider myself to be an extrovert by any means, but, you know, doing this has challenged that a little bit, mm. I think. So what do you, you said you work in education. Like, what do you do in education? Are, are you a teacher? I'm not a teacher. I have so much respect for teachers that I could never do that. Right. Um, I'm a school counselor. Okay. Yeah. So what's that like? Um, it's amazing. Yeah. I get to like be with the kids, but not have to teach them. It's, I teach them, <laughs> I teach them other things. I teach them other sure. types of skills. Like life uh, skills. Yeah. Yeah. And I help them with their problems. That's the best job that you could have. How old are the kids that you're talking to? So I've had, I, I don't actually have a permanent position in a school right now. The mm-hmm. um, p- position that I'm in right now is actually ending this week. Um, but I've been in all grade levels. I've worked in elementary, middle, and high schools. Um, yeah. And the job, let me say the job is completely different depending on what kind of school you're in. So talk to me a little bit about like talking about <laughs> being nervous about doing something for the first time. Like, do you remember <laughs> the first time you're like, okay, so I'm supposed to like help this kid, like out of the textbooks, out of the studying and everything. And now I'm supposed to, although I guess you probably would have been doing something sort of like almost like a student teacher kind of thing, like before yeah. it really became like all you. Yep. I had an internship. Um, yeah. So I was under the guidance of, you know, another, another counselor um, yeah. during it, but yeah, it got, I had a really tough um, semester with my internship. It was a very good school, you know, very good, everything, but there were just a lot of things that, that um, gave me all of the experience that I could have asked for, for an, ex- <laughs> for, for an internship. Yeah. Um, you know, trial by fire. I must have heard that phrase six hundred times mm-hmm, during those mm-hmm. few months. <laughs> is there anything that you're able to even like talk about, or is it completely like I know I understand like confidentiality and stuff, but like like the types of things that you kind of like came into contact with? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can't I can't go into too much detail about what things was because name? of confidentiality. <laughs> but um, there there was a situation where um, we had a false alarm active shooter um, situation where we thought, and this was during my internship, um, <sighs> during like the, probably the, the second or third month of it, where um, we we thought that there was an active shooter in the school. No and way. Thank God there wasn't. Um, yeah. It was, you know, a false alarm. Um, but the very real part of it was there were still a lot of really traumatized kids who thought that it was real and so the difficult part was battling my own holy crap you know my you know trying to calm myself down trying to process it at the same time having you know an office full of crying children 
trying to yeah. process it with them. Um, so this is something obviously that's like, it's terrible that like people just, we know what it is. Like you say active shooter, they know exactly like the scene, you know exactly what's happening. Like, so kids here, like there's somebody in the school with like a gun and they know they've seen this on the news before. Like they've been doing drills. They've been doing things to like kind of prepare for this moment. And now they're like, it's happening to us. And they just completely like, they know exactly what to be afraid of. It's not it's, even yeah, ambiguous it's a sad or nebulous. Reality. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure we probably had drills, but I don't ever remember having an active shooter drill. Like I yeah. remember having tornado drills. I live somewhere where we don't even have tornadoes and we had tornado drills. Same. We had a tornado <laughs> back in like 1989 or something. We're still like, we get these warnings. We're like, it's happening again. It's like, that was yeah. 30 years ago, guys. Which like, we know yet. that we always knew, okay, this is not going to happen. But yeah. you know, it's such a reality now that this could happen type of mm. a thing. And you know, it's horrible for the kids that, oh my gosh. that they... That, that it is a reality. Um, so for you, like, like how quickly did it go from, oh my God, this is real to this is not real. And then like, what was that sort of like roller coaster like to finally even like, are you ever able to recover from that and experience like even a scare like that? I, I think it gave me, so the way that we ended up looking at it was this was the best possible drill we ever could have had because mm -hmm everybody yeah. thought it was real. Yeah. So we were able to see every single hole in, you know, what we would have done mm -hmm. um, that would prepare us for, God forbid, if that ever actually did really happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we it wasn't just like a, okay, we're having a fire alarm drill, like, okay, and then yeah, everybody, everybody like, kind of slowly walks out. out of school, like, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it, no, they really moved for their life. Yeah. So which teacher grabbed, like, the double barrel shotgun? Like, who went and just, like, loaded up? <laughs> that was i mean that was a couple years ago now but yeah. that that will always be like the one thing that i can bring up in interviews that are mm -hmm. like okay what's the hardest thing you ever had to deal with and it's like well it was that top that <laughs> right like how the heck do you even that's incredible so it was like kind of um kind of talking to the kids afterwards um and trying to kind of bring them back down of like the fear or like what how like how, i guess i don't understand because like <laughs> We didn't have like school counselors or anything like yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah. It's like super like it. That's the thing that kind of like makes me feel old. Was like we didn't really have people to help kids and yeah. especially like like. And I mean school. that's a really extreme example. Like obviously sure. I'm not doing that kind of thing on a daily basis. But yeah, but being uh, a kid is hard. Like being yeah. in school is really hard. And the fact that like even the I feel like it's still kind of like almost like a fringe. I don't know. Do you feel like there's like are, is there a lot of you? Is this a popular? like position within schools or is it like one per 500 kids kind of thing? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because for most elementary schools, usually there's only one counselor for the entire school, which yeah. depending on the school can be huge. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this, this past, these past couple of months, um, I had a caseload from kindergarten through fifth grade, you know, maybe 50 to hundred kids per class. Like that's yeah. a huge caseload. No kidding. Um, you know, and I, I for for me, my position was only a few months. I was never going to meet every single kid, even mm -hmm. if we didn't have a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but um, generally for middle schools, there's a couple counselors, um, maybe three or four, depending on the size of the school. Mm -hmm. For high schools, there's generally, um, you know, quite a bit more. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It seems like maybe as the, the kids get a little bit older, they they might know more to go reach out to a counselor. But like, I can't imagine, like, Lincoln's three, and he's only a couple years away from, like, really being in kindergarten, which is insane to think about. But I just can't imagine, like, him going, you know what, I think I'm going to need to, 
like it's not on his own or the, the, the kid's own sort of like choice i'm sure it's something that like the parent will like mm, maybe you need to like talk this through with somebody like how does somebody like that young get paired up with somebody like you yeah so and it, it depends like i said it depends on the school really and the district sure. Yeah. Um, depending on how much they value their counselor and how mm -hmm. much the counselor goes out of their way to make themselves known. Yeah. Um, in some districts, and I'll talk about the elementary side of it, is um, you know, a lot of counselors will go into classrooms and do guidance lessons and you know, get to know the kids on a more personal level and really make sure that they know who their counselor is. Right. Um, at the school that I was just at, um, who I, the counselor who I was filling in for, the kids really knew the counselor. Um, you know, they were able to come seek me out. They knew what my job was. They knew what I could help them with. Yeah. Um, there was another school that I worked at previously where, um, the kids didn't really know, you know, who the counselor was or what my job was. I was just kind of like another lady in the building. And so I, I kind <laughs> yeah. of had to insert myself more and show them, but really getting into, I think it's different now, yeah. um, than it was, I think when, you know, when we were growing up, mm -hmm. um, where you're right, I didn't know my elementary counselor, but yeah. like nowadays I feel like it's become a more valued role, thankfully yeah. in schools. Because time. There's so much that, you know, we can do to help out. Um, and there's so, gotta be something like you, you throw like school's hard enough, like when we were kids, but then you throw like cell phones and social media on top of everything else. And it's like, they, they need something. They definitely need a little, like a little support. Does oh, it help that yeah. like you, that you're into games? Like, is that something that like kind of, is there a connection there that like kind of lowers the defenses or anything like that? They're always so surprised to know that I know things about games. There were mm -hmm. a lot of kids at this, this past school that I was at who loved their Nintendo switches and love playing games. And I was like, so do I. And they're like, what? I, I remember there was a kid, <laughs> um, during lunch period one time, um, where he was looking through a Pokemon book. It yeah. had all of, it was like a Pokedex where it listed all of them. And mm -hmm. so, um, I sat down next to him, I'm like point to a Pokemon and I'll tell you the name of it. And so we did. And I was able to get every single one. <laughs> and the kids, they, they just looked up. They were like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> how do you know that? Mm -hmm. like how do you know that most of these are from before you were born kid <laughs> oh that's so crazy to think about it's like that's a very real like that's a very real thing right mm -hmm. i'm just like you've been at this longer than like we, we talk like when i talk about like my parents are like oh yeah like the music in like the 70s 60s and 70s like amazing like and like okay boomer right like the whole thing <laughs> and it's like that's what it sounds like if i talk about like nirvana and smashing pumpkins and all these 90s bands it's like now we're the old people so old it's like uh but we stay young i think video games definitely help us to kind of at least feel young anyways and yeah I, it does. I, i'm thinking about my birthday coming up in the summertime i'm like i'm getting up there like it's definitely like my knees are exploding i'm trying to go for runs and i'm just like golly at least uh at least I don't play too much multiplayer games where I'm getting just destroyed by these, <laughs> by these dang kids. Um, what made you like wh why that sounds like an incredibly tough job. Um, it sounds like a lot of work to get into it. It's not something that you sort of like fall into by accident. Like many of us fall into our career paths. Like why, why do that? That sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I mean, I've always known that I wanted to work with um, kids in some capacity. Um, I like the school setting. Um, maybe just because I've always been familiar with it. Um, you know, a lot of teachers in the family type thing, but mm -hmm. I also knew I didn't want to be a teacher. Seeing right. the teacher in the family type thing, I know what that's like. Yeah. Um, people don't respect teachers enough. They do so much hard work. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew that wasn't for me. 
Yeah. Um, so I explored other possibilities of working with kids, possibly in a school setting, possibly not in a school setting. Um, was teetering for a while between the counseling and school psychology, mm-hmm. um, and then just kind of somehow fell into the um, the school counseling. Um, I ended up getting my master's. Part of it was also um, not not really knowing what to do after college. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had my undergrad in psychology, and it was like, what do I do with this? Um, so, uh, you know, grad school is probably always going to be an option for me. Okay. So what letters follow your name? Like what, what you, you say you got your master's, but like yeah, what? M- what M-A. M-A. Okay. Yeah, so basically. It. I don't have anything you, else fancy. Well, you guys are going to have to start like having your credentials after like Nintendo Shack podcast, <laughs> like PhD, M-A, whatever the hell Donnie's got. Cause all you guys are just like these Garrett's brainiac kids. His- Garrett's brainiac with what he's doing right now. The guys are so smart and just continue to really that we the gamer cast is like this amazing um the show itself is like average at best. But I've got like this data collection of like how many kids were like brought up on like Pokemon or some sort of like RPG type of game and how many kids were like me who didn't touch any of those like smarty pants games and just add like kind of ended up like average at best versus the kids who are just no I'm telling you there is something to this there's something that we got to feed you or or Garrett with his research of like there's got to be some sort of correlation like what was your first game (laughs) I think this is I think that definitely like I had probably over 200 conversations over the years with like what was your first game like what did you grow up on it's like oh and by the way like these amazing people have also got this incredible education that i mean like are you this might be a terrible question like are you going to be paying off your education for like the rest of your your life yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) no that's terrible oh no well at least you had like the start with a great video game and now you're gonna like you must love what you do though oh absolutely yeah i I wouldn't trade it for anything what about your boyfriend is he in like is he also like helping save the world and stuff too like raising the (laughs) the kids of the next generation or what you guys are just changing the planet on us he's a teacher (laughs) come on oh my gosh yeah so you know firsthand (laughs) like on a number of fronts that yeah totally underappreciated how is he doing with all of this with, like with COVID and everything and just like, oh, I mean, I, I just think, I think for everybody, it was a challenge of how well can you adapt? And, and yeah. I think this is the case for everybody, not just people in education of like, okay, we're taking everything that we're used to doing, everything that's normal and creating a new normal and like mm-hmm. turning it into a remote setting. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of it was just a matter of you know, how much support is your workplace giving you? Thankfully, mm-hmm. mine had a ton. So it was a pretty smooth transition for me. Yeah. Um, it was kind of weird because I only just started the position in February. It's ending this mm-hmm. week. I was with the kids longer in a remote setting than I was with them in person, which is super weird to think about. Yeah, no kidding. How do they adapt to it? Like, you're, it's so funny because, like, you get on the mic for, like, you get in front of the camera and the mic, like, you're podcasting, right? You're you're very comfortable with that. Like, was there, do you find yourself in, like, almost, like, podcast mode? Because I definitely find myself, like, I'm in a meeting. I'm like, okay, so topic number one is this. <laughs> like, we get these all-staff meetings, or all-staff emails, and I make sure to run through them, like, line item by line item. And I treat it like, it's like here and let's jump into the news and like imagining. I gotta say, somehow I think the podcasting definitely did help me for that a little bit more. Right. Um, you know, making me a, a little bit more comfortable in front of a camera. But yeah. then I just remember, you know, it's it's pretty much the same as if I were in person anyway. It's the same number of people. It's the same. I don't know. It's it? just a different medium to talk to them. I guess. Mm-hmm. It's what I Have told you... myself anyway. 
Have you, like, do you think you'll find it difficult to go back to, like, the normal way, the old way of going, like, doing things? Or is it, has this only been short, short term? Um, I think right now it's, it's hard. Well, first of all, not knowing where personally I'll be in the fall because I don't have a giant lineup. If anyone wants to hire a school counselor in Pennsylvania, hit me up. Um, but also not knowing if, um, we're going to be starting the school year in a remote setting Mm -hmm. or not. A lot of districts around here, I live close to New Jersey, you know, it's been kind of, um, um, hit hard in this general area. Um, so we're not even sure if we're going to be starting the school year off. Mm-hmm. in person or in a remote setting. We don't know if we are starting in an in-person setting, um, you know, if it's going to be exactly the same as it was before. So I, I think all jobs especially, but, um, but also my job in particular is a lot of adapting. My mm-hmm. day as a counselor, I never have two days that look alike. I yeah. have to be able to drop whatever I'm doing if there's, you know, a, a crying child or, you know, someone having some kind of an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to have the adaptation. So I don't know where I'm going to be in a couple months. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think I can adapt. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have no doubt. Well, I mean, part of it, I feel like you kind of have to adapt on a, on a morning to afternoon to evening kind of basis. Like how are you able to, when you have a tough day, like, what do you do to separate and leave that behind? Like, I think about this in a number of different fronts, certainly for for counselors who have to, like, bear everything that's been thrown at them all day, but also, like, first responders, like, firefighters, mm-hmm. ambulance, police. Like, how do these people go home after, like, the things that they've seen and had to deal with? Like, what do you – how do you separate and were you prepared for that sort of, like, emotional barrage that, that can happen during the day and then try to walk away from that? Yeah, it's hard. There's a lot of depressing things that yeah. um, that I I mean, like I knew going into it, but you know, once it's actually, oh my god, this is real. It's, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, not and I'm not going to go into details because I don't want to make this like a depressing podcast. But like knowing, have how you many... ever listened to the show before? But... <laughs> <laughs> Just knowing like how many, you know, tough calls I have to make about, yeah. you know, really tough things that go on. But, and I do, you know, it, it is hard to separate sometimes. I do go home yeah. thinking about it. I always have, you know, the kids on my mind, um, yeah. you know, with what's going on, you know, what, what could be going on with them. And mm. I think maybe that's why gaming is such, you know, a big deal to me because I can use that to kind of clear my head a little bit and get into a different world. Yeah, no kidding. Well, like, and like, I mean, it's not like something I, I, I think in some cases people build up almost like a barrier or jadedness to, it. I think, I think of nurses as well, but it's like, these people are always so caring and empathetic. Like that's what makes them want to do what they do. And, and you don't really lose that side of it. And it's like, wouldn't, to me, it's like, who has obviously no, no experience in any of this at all. It's like, the first thing I would do is just like, shut it down, right. To just like become the, the, the stone wall and not let anything through. But like, you can't you're actually not even beneficial at that point if you're not being compassionate and caring. But it's like you're so vulnerable at that point that to being like either too involved, like do you ever find yourself like too connected to a, a kid or, or their problem or like that you like, it's just, it's too much. I don't know how you do it. It, it is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So like do you have, you must have some success stories that kind of like keep it worthwhile though. Like somebody's working through a problem or something and they kind of come around the other side. Like, is there enough of those to kind of make it worthwhile? There are. And, yeah. you know, like I said, I mean, I'm still, I've only graduated a few years ago. I've, I've only had a couple of positions so far. The unfortunate part is, is um, my, the positions that I've been have ended before I really could like see any kind of 
Oh man. You know, satisfaction. Like as soon yeah. as I'm getting attached to these kids, it's like, okay, you know, other counselors coming back from maternity leave or anything sure. like that. Yeah. Um, but there have been, like, I, I don't want to say it's all hard. Like it, there's definitely a lot of success stories. Like, um, when I was in my high school position, seeing kids who got acceptances into colleges or like yeah. middle schoolers who got accepted to the tech school that they really wanted to get into, or like, um, you know, seeing friendship groups come back together in like the younger grades. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of it. And like, you know, there's a lot of fun that goes on with the counselors too. I, you know, yeah. I love um, helping them with the good stuff as well. There's a lot yeah. of good stuff that happens as well. We have Is there like any chance girl that... empowerment lunch groups that we do. Like there, there's fun stuff. Yeah. What do you do for that? Oh, that was, I did. I mean, that was, um, I did a, a small group with, um, you know, a couple girls who had been having um, friendship issues, you know, kind of turning into clicks and then creating a lunch bunch out of it and mm-hmm. um, having them, you know, come together and be friends again. Yeah. Do you ever find like sometimes things are just so predictable and you're just like, well, if you just kind of like, I guess just talk like you just, can it is it usually kind of like that kind of simple like just kind of do this this and this and it's it's not so much telling them what to do um because nobody wants to listen to the adult who they don't know it's more so um teaching them the skills to get there because eventually Mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna get a little bit older they're not gonna have me to tell them what to do they're not gonna have a teacher to tell them what to do so right hopefully teaching them okay this is how you solve your problem not this is what you do to solve your problem is hopefully what they're walking away hmm. with i see okay well I've, I've yet to see this really come through on shack i'd actually like you to just like take over a segment or something like that and just kind of like i don't know tr- like bring it out bring bring out the counseling in uh in nintendo <laughs> shack i don't know maybe donnie won't even allow it to happen i don't know um, that work come up do you guys ever, do you find bringing it back to Shaq, like, do you find that, like, what are the things that sort of, like, really complement each other, like, within the new the new staff, the new um, host comp- uh, composition that you guys have? And what are the things that you're like, oh, man, if only we just didn't clash so much on this. I don't feel like there's a lot of clashing, but, like, what are the kind of, like, the best and worst parts of, of uh, what you guys cover on Shaq? Yeah, I mean, I think the three of us have a really um, diverse interest of what kind of games that we like. Um, and I think that works because we can cover a lot of different stuff. You know, they can go on about Xenoblade, which I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. I can go on about Animal Crossing, which they don't know. You know, they, they don't do. Are you um, not curious about Xenoblade at all? Like, oh, you hear... not at all. Not that even is, a little bit? That is probably, like, <laughs> last on my list of consoles I want to Oh, God, you're, like, so disgusted. Games that I want to try. <laughs> at the thought of it, you're just, like, I think you threw up in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It doesn't check any of the boxes for me. Okay, like, what are the boxes? I'm not... I'm not saying that like I, I obviously have no impression of it, so I can't say I hate it. I just my disinterest yeah. for it is profound. <laughs> profound. <laughs> what are some of those things? I think you guys talked about this recently on Shack as well. But like, what are the things that you kind of look for? You're like, yep, that's a Rebecca I mean, ass I, game. I think just because I don't maybe have a whole lot of experience with that genre in particular mm-hmm. then just like i don't know I, I like i hate to you're gonna hate me but like just stereotyping it on like the anime art style type thing like doesn't catch me the, i don't hate for that at all the I, RPG I get it type thing doesn't catch me yeah the 80 hours definitely does not catch me <laughs> there's definitely like an audience for and an audience against like the oh my gosh it has to be 80 hours or like oh get that away from me what are you talking about so long i yeah i wouldn't finish that until i was 80 years old like (laughs) can you imagine what it takes to make a game like that like we get these so often now we get these games are like 100 hours and it's like 
what did it take to even like write this game? Why don't we ever talk Gosh. about like who's actually writing these lines of dialogue or lines of text that appear in all manner of ways within a JRPG? Like we don't, you don't, you, you hear maybe more of it. I think like in Western RPGs, like you hear about like what went into like a Dragon Age or a Mass Effect or something like that. But uh, I don't know. Like it's just kind of like the um, there's a there's a uh, developer called I, what are they J, what are they JRPG Factory RPG Factory or something like that. They made um. Didn't they make like I am Setsuna? Anyway, there's, uh, there's again. A, there's, this is a, a blo- blank in my knowledge. It literally is called like some like the factory, and it's just like that's how I feel. Like many of us do feel about some of these JRPGs. It's just like just crank them on out, and we'll just grind through these like ninety hour grind fests, and I guess we'll just we'll just kind of keep playing them. Yeah. So, okay. You have definitely like the you have the Rebecca games, you have like the the Pokemon, the Zeldas, like these are the things that you definitely like. What are some of the games that are like people would be surprised knowing like what you're into? What are some of the games and and genres are like, oh, wow, like I definitely didn't expect her to play something like that. Um, I mean, besides Zelda and Pokemon, the other games that I really gravitate towards are games with really, um, you know, deep stories and characters have, you know, something that I'm going to cry my eyes out by the end of it or throughout it. Um, anything with like a creepiness factor to it. Wait, you want to be crying your eyes out? I want to you... be crying my eyes out. Why? Yeah. Destroy Why? me, rip my emotions apart. Come on. Okay. So maybe this is the connection to the job. Of just like, <laughs> I don't know, is that the, is that the coping mechanism? Like, I don't what? Know. This is a thing, though. Like, this is, uh, and, and so funny that I, I end up talking way too loud during the show because, like, my wife is just on the other side of this. She'll hear me talking about how she loves, like, This Is Us. And it's like, you're, I love you're This son- Is Us. Of course you do. Of course you do. That is not surprising at all. Tear like, my emotions you... apart. I love it. Why? I don't. Can you don't just know. try to, like, take a stab at explaining what it is that is appealing <laughs> about voluntarily sitting in front of your couch? knowing that there's something horrible is going to talk, happen to these people and you're it's like please yes more the connection that you make with the characters and the story I, I don't I don't know I can't oh, explain it oh man yeah this okay so this is where the this is where but we can it. still kind of like you know exist in the same space because like I'm really enjoying my time with Xenoblade and I really enjoy the whole like um not really in my wheelhouse like at all like i kind of dip in and out of jrpgs like this but generally don't finish a lot of 100 hour games but i like to try them like ooh, cool um but you know somebody like that can also sit on a skype call with somebody who really enjoys just like actually just wanting a game to make them cry their eyes ruin my life with this game please do it No, I is this something it. that like sits with you though? Like, are you able to like maybe this is kind of all connected too? Because I feel like I had to walk away from Netflix because the stuff was affecting me so badly. Like, I would I would watch a show and it would be like it would stick with me for days, if not weeks, of oh, just I like lo- it would bring me down. Sean, I love that feeling. I love. Oh, I will God. if a game makes me you know googling deep into the lore of it like weeks yeah. after I played it. It was a really good game. Okay, so that's maybe a little bit different, though. <laughs> I do agree with that. Like, if there's definitely, like, if there's a... And maybe that's where things kind of get... We expand what we're wanting from games. And that then we end up, like, slowly but surely, we're like, oh, man, that really left a mark. And that feels good, and I want more of that. And then slowly but surely, we get to the point where it's just, like, every moment of every game. It's like, you like this character? Dead. And, oh, my God, was that oh, painful. And, and don't even get me started on if it introduces choices as well uh, if i made oh, really? a choice that killed a character that i love mm-hmm. so dearly oh man mm-hmm. that's good stuff 
Well, where did you end up with Mass Effect? You were playing, you were, uh, oh, I think, playing I'm for the first time? I'm still slowly walking, or working my way through it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it takes me forever to get through games. Yeah. Um, I've recruited, I think, almost all of the characters by now. I've been doing their loyalty missions. Which one are you playing again? Are you playing two or three? I'm playing two. Oh my god. And this is your first time. Yeah. Right. So you skip over that. I can't remember. Do they do a thing where it's like they make you um, like choose whatever the like some of the pivotal moments within the first game and bring that into the second game? I had no idea what I was choosing. Yeah. That's kind of, that's got to be hard. Eh, But like probably eh. one of the more magical. Yeah. I mean, like what you don't even know. It's hard to know what I was missing. Well, you probably like caused genocide in one of the alien races. Like probably just wiped them off the face of the galaxy. (laughs) Just like a click of a button. I've already made a couple of the characters hate me by accident during their loyalty missions so Mm -hmm. i have a feeling that's not going to be a good thing do you like to play like in those kind of games like do you play good guy or do you play like a renegade kind of oh i always try to play good always do you of course you do man did you hear that story that they had like it was like like a shocking uh, overwhelming majority of people play good to the point where they're like i don't think we should write the bad guy stuff because it's like 50 percent of the game they're like 5% 5% of the player base actually experiences because well, everybody's too goody two shoes. That's what the next playthrough is for. Good point. Do you ever, do you find yourself playing games like, like that? Like kind of get both sides of the story? Sometimes. Um, yeah. If I don't play it myself, I'll definitely look it up to see like what, um, you know, I'll look up a, a YouTube let's play of it or something to see like what it was. Depending that on the not, like game. the best thing ever of like trying to figure out and just being able to go, okay, I put in whatever time I'm going to put into this game. Like what's the quote real ending, Right. Like, I played Persona 4 Golden and got an ending, and then I was like, I heard that there was a much better ending, so you just got to do, like, you know, these five or 17 different things. I didn't realize it was, like, 15 more hours of this yeah. game to get, like, the next ending. It's like, it feels kind of disrespectful, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have some games where you have to start over from the beginning just to get to that, you know, other mm-hmm. ending. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some other, like, games like that where they, like, you kind of get to play? Like, I think of, like... um uh, it was an infamous on PlayStation as well. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot on Nintendo where you're actually making a lot of decisions like that, but maybe there's, maybe there's some gaps in my, um, in my Nintendo. No, game. a lot, a lot of the games that I like that are like that. Like I'm a huge life is strange fan. I don't know. If oh, yeah, life course. is strange, but mm-hmm. that kind of decision making, um, mm-hmm. really into that. Um, yeah. to, a, I think a different extent, Undertale is one of my favorite games ever. And then you have the choice of whether to kill people or not kill people. And those are, Do you those really? are the choices that you're making. You can either play the game. You don't have to kill a single person. Yeah. In no, the entire game. All. Like I'm the opposite of you. Like I like played through all of Mass Effect. Well, just like I had scars across my face and everything. There's three, um, three different routes that you can play in Undertale. You can be a pacifist and spare everybody. You yeah. can um, do it kind of neutral where, where it, um, you know, you're killing some people, but sparing others. And then it's like mm-hmm. kind of a, a different end depending on who is alive at the end. Or you can play a genocide route where everybody's dead. Good God. Everybody's oh my, dead. There's what a, a word. single person alive by the end. <laughs> <laughs> so you think this would be so fun to like watch you stream because you're so nice it would be great to just like have you Killing just everybody. like take on the genocide role just like yeah take like totally there was a moment in outer which one was it worlds outer worlds i i solved the, the whatever the the quest everything was great but like this something about this guy just like rubbed me the wrong way and i just shot him square between the eyes and between and like the entire chat and like everybody i think garrett was there as well just like what are you doing and i don't know he was kind of screwing people around and i'll just 
But like, you don't get to do that in real life. That's kind of the whole like fun about video I games. I just feel so horrible if I even accidentally kill someone that I'm not supposed <laughs> to. In Mass Effect, um, the other week I was playing it and I accidentally hit. You know how you can um, hit like the Renegade option or the mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, you do those um, quick things. I accidentally hit the trigger when it gave me a Renegade option, and she pushed the guy out the window to his death. What? I like had a breakdown about it because I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. I tried yeah. to reload my save; it like didn't work. So. I love <laughs> I felt that. Horrible. Oh, you, you got to take like a clip of that. That is like some of the best. <laughs> that's the best stuff. Like it's that's smeared. Thing. My perfect campaign is smeared. It's too late, and like auto saves like you can't Ah. even go back or anything how are you how are you liking it like this is your first mass effect experience like this is probably a game that couldn't be overhyped anymore like this is the type of thing that like for me i'm like best game ever but like i don't want to overhype it so i hope you enjoy it kind of thing yeah like is that this is you know this year i've been experimenting in a couple genres that like i have never played before and i think third person shooter is not a genre that i gravitate towards um Mm -hmm. but it i think my fear for it was that it was going to be difficult for me but i've been playing on like i guess whatever not the easiest setting but like the normal setting sure um and it hasn't been hard like i mean i i die sometimes but like Mm -hmm. i i don't feel like i'm getting super frustrated um Mm -hmm. i already love a ton of the characters so it's going to be great when they die and i like my life is ruined weird you say it like with this full smile on your face like it's gonna be great they're gonna die and i'm gonna feel awful but like that's what i want like give me more well especially if it's my fault like yeah no it's all your fault like it's all up to you like they're not gonna it's definitely a thousand percent like preventable deaths and you you own it i honestly i'm trying to think of like any other game that has anything quite like you know kind of like what the, i can't remember how clear up front they say like what your mission is going to be and like at what point are you, do you have any idea like what the ending is going to be like? I don't want to spoil it for you. Like, do you know where you're headed? Mm, like, but you kind of have like an unstoppable like, enemy. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that I'm going to take my squad and like fight this. Like, we're going to go into the mission and fight, and I, yeah. I assume like most of us are going to. I don't know, but like I know that there's characters that are also in Mass Effect Three, so like everyone maybe, can die right maybe that's the thing about this game that i love so much it's like maybe they're in the game maybe they're not maybe yeah. like because like now i like, know that it can be different depending on because if i had to do that thing in the beginning of this game to determine who was alive like it might not always carry over so that's exciting. seriously it's crazy and honestly it's like it i think just kind of goes to show like the the mastercraft of that game because there's a lot of games that have come out over the years that like there's a lot of Zelda games, there's a lot of Metroidvania games. Like there's a lot of different like genres that we all kind of know and love that have been kind of like paid homage to over the years. You don't see this like trilogy that happens that where they they take your save file and like carry it over and actually it's hard enough to do within one game. Like mm-hmm. I honestly don't know how these people do it. It's just crazy. Amazing, yeah. I, yeah. I do kind of wish there were more games like that. It's so ambitious, but mm-hmm. it, it's great. You and Garrett could write one. I think there's enough <sighs> brain power. You, Garrett, and Donnie, you guys could put your heads together, just like connect it to some like supercomputer. Um, you know, maybe when you're not actually like podcasting. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, you know, we don't really know what the heck is going to happen like for the rest of the year for Nintendo. Like there's kind of like this uh, Paper Mario is happening, and then that's maybe it. A bunch of rumors. Question mark. Yeah. Are you like, are you cool with that? Like, are you okay with this sort of like we don't really know what the rest of 2020 is going to look like or are you, like are you getting anxious or are you perfectly fine with where we're at 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand the people who are like, okay, like, what, you know, what's coming out? We all want to see new games. Um, I I would love to have, you know, a couple other big releases come out um, that we can look forward to. I think everybody can say that. Um, Personally, I mean, I think you have to look at the big picture and understand the whole worldly view of, like, this is a weird year for everyone. Like, we can't Mm -hmm. expect there to be normal releases. I, I don't, I think that's true for for every company, not just Nintendo. Yeah. Um, that being said, I am taking this as an opportunity to tackle that miles-long backlog. I right. don't believe people who say I have nothing to play. There's right. so much out there to play. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I guarantee you, everybody has games on their backlog that they can be playing. Definitely. And if you don't, then you can buy games on sale from Nintendo that are like $55. Like, you get a full <laughs> $5 off. Like, jump on that sale. It's ridiculous. Like, holy cow. I love Nintendo, but like, holy, yeah. there's some things. Oh, they, like, they sell. Why would they sell them for for less? I get it. I get they it. They didn't sell. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't don't fix it. <laughs> holy cow. Are there any games that you, like, that you do know about that are coming out that you kind of got your eyes set on for the rest of this year? Like, is there anything that kind of gets you pumped? Honestly, not really. The only other yeah, game nothing. that like I think is maybe still coming out this year is um, this one indie game. They showed it at one of the Nindy um, Nindy showcases. Um, the Red Lantern, the one with the, the oh, I did around yeah. racing. I've mm-hmm. had my eye on that like since they announced it, and yeah. it's coming out in 2020. They say. I mean, I'm sure, sure. they've been affected too by all of this. Well, that was funny. There wasn't there was a Donnie and Kevin did a thing on the Xbox podcast that they do. And they had a, one of the indie podcast or indie uh, developers over there was kind of like, yeah, you like everybody else is kind of getting scrambled. Like they're in these big studios and they're all kind of having to like take their work home. Like we always work from home. Like a lot of these indie studios are like literally like a guy in his basement. And he's talking to another guy across the country in his I don't even know some other room. That but, is true. Yeah. So who knows with these things, but there's got to yeah. be. I mean, other than that, there. I don't I, like there's not really any other big releases that I'm looking forward to that much. I, I'm happy to tackle my backlog. Like, I really want to play Earthbound for the first time this summer. Like, I'm going to hit some of these big games that I've never played before mm-hmm. that, like, I've been wanting to play for a while. And like, they're new to me. Yeah. So what difference does it make? I'm totally I actually did this thing like a long time ago where I purposely set myself a year back. Like, I wouldn't buy anything new. I was like, if it's a year old now, I can buy it. And I saved a boatload of Well, at first I saved a bunch of money. And then I was like, well, if they're only 20 bucks, then I can buy like three of them. And then that just like <laughs> totally ballooned my backlog. I was already backlogged a year. And then just it all kind of went like crazy from there. Well, you know what, Rebecca? I've had so much fun talking to you tonight. Um, I'm definitely going to have to have you back on. But um, for the people who don't know, can you tell them where to find you on the internet and uh, and, to, and Nintendo Shack and all the things that you're doing on video game and uh, internet world? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me pretty much anywhere at Forest Minish. Um, I'm mostly only on Twitter. I do stream um, on Twitch at Forest Minish, um, occasionally hoping to keep a better schedule with that soon. Um, I do write for Twinfinite. Um, you can find my rating there and of course the nintendo shack um as well i love it honestly and it's somebody like who actually like coming from somebody who is on a nintendo podcast nintendo shack is like you guys are absolutely number one it's not even close and i love the the the, the point that donnie made the other day it's like so are we gonna do another question he's like this is a 90 minute show now it's like <laughs> you guys could go though you guys could go the distance you guys Man, could be we can talk seriously and it is it's just amazing to hear you guys like expound on one topic to the next and it's like if you're just going to talk about news it's great but if you just like stumble upon a thing and i think it's part of the ma- that magic too is like you're all kind of like getting to know one another so like you legitimately don't know some of these things about each other and that makes it all kind of like new and exciting as well 
Absolutely. I love it. Well, thanks again for your time tonight. It's been so much fun chatting with you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Sean. This was so much fun. One of the most encouraging things about doing this show is just discovering all the different like sides of people. You did, bet you didn't know half of that stuff about Rebecca. I didn't. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Holy crap. Love discovering all these things about all these people, all the all the facets. I could have talked to Rebecca for a little while longer, that's for sure. I think we still stayed on uh, for a bit afterwards. So thank you to Rebecca from the Nintendo Shack. Please, guys, go over to Nintendo Shack. They, they actually just stopped streaming. They stream on Thursday nights at twitch.tv slash PSVG, but you should definitely be, if you're not already, you probably are already, if I'm being honest. But uh, go follow her on Twitter at Forest Minish, like the Minish Cap. That's the one. Okay, guys, we're just going to kind of close things up here, if that's okay with you. I enjoyed uh, having Rebecca on, and I'm looking forward to Ian next week. And if you like the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connor. You Capri like the pants. I would love it if you went to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever Apple's calling it. Give a rating. That would be amazing. That kind of rhymes almost. I could maybe play with that a little bit. Uh you can follow me on Twitch, but I'm not sure I'm doing too much there these days. Like, it kind of comes and goes every once in a while. Um, but if you really want to make a difference, as Zach Erickson used to say, to change the world, patreon.com slash Capri for just a dollar a month. You get early access to all the shows. You get the exclusive Pants Patreon podcast for patrons podcast. It's an AMA with just me. It's kind of like the front end of this show, but you're part of it. That's kind of cool. We get so many great questions from all the active patrons in there. You can jump in uh, and ask a silly question. You can ask a serious question. I answer everything. I love doing the Pants Patreon podcast for Patrons Podcast. Early access, I already said that. Uh, A bunch of other stuff for just a buck. Crazy. Some might say it's actually a good deal, and it makes you feel good and all the things. So please consider doing that. We're two away from 50 patrons, and um, that's something I think I can tell my mom about. She didn't really understand much of this stuff. They, they keep asking me how my blog is doing. <laughs> it's silly, man. But if you, got like, if you like this, uh, you can also support me uh, by listening to the Xbox Drive. You can listen to A Cup of Joe and Nintendo. Those are dedicated podcasts to platforms. People like those kind of things, right? And also, speaking of Cup of Joe and Nintendo, I did a review for Summer in Mara uh, on the A Cup of Joe and Nintendo feed that you guys can listen to. It's kind of like an audiobook. But for reviews, it's like nine minutes, dedicated review. I like it. I love doing that. So please check that out. Otherwise, this has been We The Gamer Cast. It's now in your ears. I'll be back next week. I hope you're there too. Now it's time for Jason. Where's Jason? Where the hell is Jason? I got to find Jason. Where is he? Jason. I- Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!